0: I. V. M. You're listening to TFG Football.
1: Good day everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of TFG Indian Football Podcast. I'm Kevin joining me from Nepal. Chiranjit, are you in Nepal? Yes, Chiranjit is in Nepal. No, Dude. No. Dude,
2: (laughs) I I just crossed the border and I... (laughs) Can't even explain how much uh, relief I'm feeling because you don't uh, miss having the ability to call uh, all over India for free until you lose it. You know, and the moment I went over there uh, and I had to pay like for uh, four bucks per minute for uh, you know and and stand in uh, a line for an hour and a half to get a new SIM card, local one. Until that, you don't realize what you're missing. I felt so refreshed, man. I just walked over the border. I saw my airtel has started working again. I was like, ah, I feel like I'm home.
1: Please note again that was he said. He walked across the border. That's possible. Uh, we are in India right now, uh, both of us. Uh, thankfully, uh, Chiranjit had a great experience there, uh, following the Indian football women's team there. And again, uh, great news being brought by by the women. And uh, it just extends our SAF Championship to five in a row. Chandrakirti, what an experience you had uh, watching the ladies and some brilliant performances from uh, individual you know, at the individual level, uh, along with you know the 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 overall team performance there. Yeah,
2: dude. I mean, usually
1: you just uh, look at the SAF Championship. There's not
2: that much of a, a competition there for India, but this time. Uh, Only Nepal you were worried about, right? Because they just beat us uh, in Hero Gold Cup uh, in Odisha uh, only last month. And... uh both everybody knew it, it was going to be India and Nepal. And uh, I was literally the only Indian journalist out there. So from the day one, you know, India was playing uh, Bangladesh and Maldives and all that jazz. But everybody was like, ah, we're going to uh, you know face each other and all that stuff. Uh, you start getting these uh, passive aggressive uh, treatment from the uh, local fans who are expecting, you know, okay, you, you're the ones uh, that we have to beat and all that. Uh, but yeah it was it was good sport uh, and uh, the final just turned out to be better than i had ever expected probably because we had that uh, amount of tension because literally everybody knew we were going to beat uh, maldives like 5 nil or uh, sri lanka 4 nil uh, nobody really cared uh, but going into nepal we knew we were uh, up for a fight. The players knew it. Uh, the stadium was full. It's and and uh, it's just a small stadium with 10,000 capacity. But you don't start to uh, feel, uh, you know, the, the pressure until you uh, hear them scream together. And uh, the the gallery was just right next to the pitch. Uh, it, it's like uh, slightly bigger than Cooperage, so you can uh, imagine the experience that was there. And I, yeah, it was. Uh, I think a lot of the players were facing a hostile crowd for the first time. That's why the start was a bit jittery. Uh, Nepal started well. They were keeping the ball. They were uh, putting together attacks. Uh, they were the better ones in the final third for. Uh, I think throughout the first half. Uh, thankfully, Dalima Chibar scored that world-class goal. I mean, did you see that goal? That that clip has gone viral. And, dude, just first, first let me just hear from you what you thought of that goal, the way she just floated that 40-yarder into the goal. Uh,
1: you know, I am going to get some uh, hatred uh, for what I'm going to say next. I believe... Uh, oh, I Dali, know what to say, but, but go ahead. Dalima Chiba has scored some awesome goals and we know her calibre. We've, we've seen her score nothing less than awesome goals. But this one really didn't look like directly it was aimed towards a goal. It looked like to, headed towards the crowd of uh, players attacking the end of the ball. But probably um, I'm looking at, you know, uh, the wind played a part of, on this and, and the ball instead of... Uh, coming into the box i think it just you know, went right into the uh, the the almost like the top corner so for me Slightly, it didn't look like an intentional uh, free kick, you know, heading towards uh, uh, the goal directly. Probably, you know, the win had its part to play and uh, I know, I know, uh, it's it just my opinion there. Probably you can hate me for that. But that's what I felt, you know, it, it didn't really look like it was aimed towards the goal. It, it was aimed towards uh, the crowd of players heading towards the end of the ball.
2: Uh, you're gonna get a lot of hate man (laughs) and you totally deserve it I thought you were gonna point out something else but we'll come to that later but first let me correct you there was no wind literally literally that was part of the reason why some of the players were struggling. Like, uh, you know, I think it was a conscious decision uh, or, or uh, instruction from coach Memo Rocky that even like 22, 23 minutes in, uh, somebody picks up a little bit of a knock. They they were just taking uh, a, a long time, just lying down on the grass so that others can uh, get get some water because it was hot, it was humid, and uh, there was some wind early on. But I remember every little. Bit of feeling during that free kick because it seemed like you know it, it took the whole process took some 30 seconds to play out. It seemed like 30 minutes just waiting for that whole shit to happen. And and, and I remember the air was still, everybody was still. There was anticipation everywhere. And guess what happens? Uh, Chibar lines up. I'm looking at this is 40 yards out. I mean, I know Dalimachipar is really good on the uh, on set pieces. But I've never seen her score a goal like that. I'm, I'm thinking yeah, she's gonna go for the wall. There were like six players on the, on the wall, waiting for the delivery. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at who's gonna run up. I'm, I'm thinking maybe Sandhya will go get a header, or maybe somebody will chest it down. And uh, maybe Sanju, she's got uh, good acceleration, so she can get to a point. Uh, where others will not get to uh, in a very short amount of time. So I'm thinking, who's going to put the finishing touch on this? And then the ball just goes up. And first thing, I agree with you, Uh, the ball's trajectory, the first, let's say, one-tenth of a second, it made it seem like it's going to go into the crowd. And I'm like, ah, this is done. And I think the ball just floats a little bit further and somebody next to me uh, a Nepali journalist or probably a fan uh, it, it was all mixed up because uh, the gallery was standing room only and everybody was spilling into everywhere uh, so somebody was just calling it hey, yeah, that's a goal I'm thinking impossible there's, there's no way that ball just dips that low and comes into the net and then it starts dipping yeah. I was like yeah okay but the keeper will get it and then I look at the keeper she's standing like I, I did not see, uh, because I, I was looking at Dalima. I saw her take position, and uh, then I uh, looked away from her, and then I looked back, the, the split second then I looked away, she had actually taken a couple of steps forward. To take a position, which was a fatal mistake.
1: And I'll tell and you, you know, uh, I I, like, you, you won't uh, fault the Nepal Nepali keeper for that uh, because you no, don't you no, don't no, expect not, a, a right flying free kick, you know, heading towards the goal directly. You no, know, you're looking at the crowd that's coming in, and you're on your toes to make a dive towards either uh, either a low left or a low right. You're not looking at a top corner from a right flying free exactly. kick. That was
2: exactly, and then. When when it when I see that she's just taken a couple of paces forward meanwhile I'm like oh shit she's she's in the wrong position she won't make it and then the just ball just tips tips dips dips and it's I think till the last one hundredth of a second it was not clear whether it was gonna like tip the uh, you know the the top end and go outside or it was gonna go in and it it went in and literally the Fans were so loud throughout the game. They were cheering. They were chanting Nepal, Nepal, and uh, all these other uh, local language songs that they had. Everything just felt pin drop silence, and uh, the the uh, players were cheering. The bench was cheering. Everybody was hugging, and I was jumping up and down in the in the press box. Yeah. And literally, everybody was like, "Okay, this guy has gone uh, crazy or whatever," uh, and, and some some fans. Started like cursing at me and all that, but it was all worth it. I literally lived out, man, on those few seconds. Let's, but let's, but here's, here's somebody. Here's what I thought you would uh, say about that free kick. Uh, the goalkeeper, somebody was pointing out. I think it was a Bangladeshi journalist. Said, like the, the goalkeeper did not have the height to cover that end. Like at that, when you when you are uh, five foot four or five. If somebody, like, puts a ball exactly at the top-end corner, there's literally nothing you can do, except to just watch. Because I don't think even if she was just standing there, she would be able to jump up and cover that spot. Uh, I I wouldn't agree to that. I
1: wouldn't agree to that. Because goalkeepers are trained uh, at, you know, uh, saving every uh, extreme-end corner. That is the top-left, top-right, and bottom-left, bottom-right. So, I think the problem there was anticipation. I think what she was anticipating is, uh, as we said, you know, you're looking at at a crowd that's coming towards you. You're going to, you know, uh, be ready to make a save. That's, that's off a header off a volley you're not expecting the ball mm. to come directly at you and especially when yeah. that ball is floated you know it's floated it's not coming at you at, at, at speed it was yeah. it, it dipped at the last minute last second so that's the reason you can't be anticipating such such deliveries and, and, yeah. and there would be no you know correct you probably know you, you can never spot uh, a keeper who's not uh, the tallest and not a- being able to save uh, the top corners unless you know you just totally not anticipating that but uh, let's take a moment uh, for something that was not seen by other teams or uh, probably uh, we've seen India doing at half time and uh, Chirinjini pointed out uh, that to uh, the Indian coach uh, Rocky Memul uh, about the the team not heading to the dressing room uh, during the half time and uh, her reply was yeah. interesting there
2: yeah well, uh, that that has been uh, happening throughout the tournament and I was like it's, it's a bit odd and uh, she's, she said uh, that the walk is pretty long, but I, I don't really think that's the case. Uh, maybe the... I mean, I have not seen the dressing rooms uh, mm-hmm. in that uh, stadium, but it's it's a very rudimentary stadium. I think it would uh, if, if you're going to try to hold an I-League match, you would have a hard time uh, getting the match commissioner to approve that. But that's where we are. Uh, that's, that's the state of women's football. The, the facilities are not uh, up to the mark. Even here... You knew that the uh, the town of Biratnagar loves food, football a lot, but the stadium did not have uh, floodlights. So you had everything. You had the uh, crowd. You had uh, um, you know the, the fan interest there. There was a, a local TV channel showing the matches in HD. Everything was uh, in place, but uh, you know they had to do the matches at 3 p.m. local time. Which is uh, not good at all. I think the previous matches would have seen a lot more attendance if there were if there were floodlights. I think it's it's something related to that. Of course, she did not want to come out and uh, you know uh, say bad things about the organizers right after you uh, you know won won a tournament uh, in their soil. But uh, yeah, it's, and she said that uh, something was discussed uh, right at the reserve bench during the halftime, and uh, the Indian team just came out swinging. And I, my theory was that I was talking to somebody after the match and uh, I said, maybe this is the, the, I mean, maybe I'm, what I'm saying is uh, this time I'll get some flack for saying this. Uh, maybe it's the youth that made the difference because the Indian team definitely had a lot more stamina in them. It, it was very obvious right after the hour mark, it was the Indians who were doing all the running, which was the opposite case at the start of uh, the game. Uh, we had the younger players, we had the faster players, and we suddenly took over the game. And literally, man, uh, there were so many interesting parallels uh, between uh, this team and the uh, and the Indian men's team as well. Like, you can just look at Sanju and compare her with Udanta, the way she just runs. And she was using her pace to just leave the Nepali defense behind so often. Uh, which was awesome to watch. It it, it literally mirrored the way uh, Udanta used his speed. Sandhya, you can compare her with Chetri. Uh, also, uh, this is not getting discussed enough, but when Nepal drew level in the first half, they were creating so many chances. There were back-to-back corners. There were uh, periods of pressure. There was sustained threat to the Indian box. And uh, Sabrita... Uh, she's the uh, number nine Nepali striker. She was getting so many shots on target; it was scary. And Aditi made some of the best saves of the tournament to keep us uh, in the fight. Because if that at that moment Nepal get a second goal, the entire game changes. And uh, you know, we I don't think we would have seen a win from that point. Because Nepal would have played very differently. They wouldn't have to go attacking at all right they they uh, they knew they were i think that was part of the uh, math that the coach did uh, nepali coach that they did not want a 120 minute game they knew that indian players were uh, going to last longer on the uh, on the pitch so they wanted in the first 15 minutes of the second half uh, to play as much attacking as possible get another goal and then defend that but yeah. it did not work out for them
1: yeah yeah, that that's there. I think uh, the final really you know showed well, what both teams were capable of, and uh, uh, thankfully we retained the title. And uh, five in a row, five in a row is really impressive. What's more impressive is only champions.
2: You know, only champions. <laughs> if we start adding starts for staff like Bengaluru FC does for leagues and cups and all that stuff. How many starts would there be right now?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, one goal conceded in the entire tournament. That, that's, again, uh, that's a mark of disciplined dis, uh, defence. And 18 goals scored in this edition of uh, the staff championship. What's more impressive is uh, this team is likely to be kept together going into the Olympic qualifiers. So, that's a good sign. Uh, having them play more often uh, Plus, uh, the focus will be on women's football Now that uh, next year, uh, the World Cup again is being hosted in India The Under-17 Women's World Cup Wow, what an opportunity, Chiranjit, for us to host yeah. another World Cup
2: Yeah, awesome <laughs> I mean, uh, everything is falling into place uh, through that uh, And uh, in a way, we're going to play uh, Nepal again in the, uh, in the Olympic qualifiers Then we're going to play Myanmar, who just beat us uh recently, uh, it's it's gonna be another opportunity for revenge. Memo Rocky does not shy away from uh, you know calling it a reason, uh, in a revenge game. I think that's what she said. i th- I thought. She should have probably just just said no 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 this is just a game not no revenge but like, she just went ahead and said it like if you want to call it a revenge it's a revenge so she's not shying away from taking that angle I hope she uh, you know keeps up the josh as they say uh, when uh, India face Myanmar because that's going to be the ultimate revenge game for this coach uh, and uh, uh, the new acolytes that she has brought in uh, the. Tournament began under controversy, Kevin. I think we should address that. Uh, the seven Manipuri players who boycotted the national team camp because uh, they uh, alleged there was some uh, favoritism uh, by uh, you know, Memo Rocky and the assistant coach, uh, Chawa Devi. But it's, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I have not seen what's going on inside the dressing room or the, or the politics uh, that's happening inside the federation regarding this. I just saw a team as united as it can be, you know. And, and it was, there was something heartening about just looking at, uh, I, you, you could check out the unplugged video that we put up uh, of the Indian team practicing. And you can just see the chemistry that the players have with each other, with the coach, uh, how they're just playing up, is to warm up with the coach and uh, the way they interact with each other, the way uh, Dalima uh, and uh, Aditi Chauhan, everybody dragged the coach uh, to collect like, their individual awards like most valuable player uh, Dalima Chibbal she refused to go alone she took the coach along with her to make a statement that uh, you know to, to share the credit with her and if this uh, you know if, if they can keep up this performance on the on the pitch and, and uh, the unity that I've seen uh, the, the score this thing then this is going to go a long way uh, this, is, this is the start of uh, you know a proper tenure uh, for this coach and I, I don't know what that means for the players that uh, did not make it, the senior players, the experienced ones but, uh, you know this this is the way it goes if, if the coach delivers some uh, results on the pitch, nobody's going to go and question her yeah. right, yeah. so yeah
1: yeah the, that was it for the first half of the show uh, happy talking about uh, the good results and performances on the other side we'll not be talking about such happy news but we it, it's news it's it's progress for now us it's getting
2: darker you know? this, yes. is where the, this is where the show takes a darker turn and everything yeah. everybody gets better and
0: uh, starts yeah. Uh, getting,
1: getting yeah. yeah so that's all on the other side uh, come back to us after the break
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another awesome week on the IBM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on our social media, please make sure that you do. We're IBM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So if you guys haven't been checking our Instagram, you should take a look at the audiograms. We're giving you excerpts from different shows. This is available both on our stories and on our feed. Also, we put these audiograms up on Facebook and Twitter as well. So I mean, like, do kind of keep an eye out for them. You kind of enjoy them, I think. On The Seen and the Unseen, Srinath Raghavan returns to the show, this time to talk about the nitty-gritties about the 1971 war and creation of Bangladesh. Anirudh Kanishati is back with Season 2 of Echoes of India from the 27th of March. On the first episode of the season, Anirudh is going to start from where he left off, The Rise of the Gupta Empire. New episodes are out every Wednesday. It's the season finale of How To Citizen this week and joining Meghna Adarsh is the comedic sensation Kunal Kamra. The chapter they discuss is titled Law and Social Justice and Kamra shines a light on everything he sees unjust with our justice system. On Paisa Vesa, Anupam's guest is Gaurav Chopra, co-founder of India Lens. He tells you how you can get a good credit score, bring order to your financial life, the different types of loans out there and more. On Shunya 1, Viral Mehta from Pocket Aces joins Shiladitya and me to talk about the growth of digital content. On IBM Life, Abbas, Janam, Madhuri and Abhineet are joined by debutant Radhika to give out their recommendations and talk about Amazon Prime's latest original series, Made in Heaven. On Dating is Garbage, spoken word artist Aranya Johar is a guest and she talks about unspoken dating rules and how to spell misogyny and shamanism on the first date. On Geek Fruit, Jishnu and Dinkar discuss the latest sci-fi short film anthology on Netflix, Love, Death and Robots. And with that, let's continue on with your show
1: welcome back after the break and here we are talking about indian football uh, we talked about the first half uh, we talked about in the first half about uh, the indian women's national team securing uh, the fifth title and uh, uh, we get a focus back into the domestic action of uh, the top tier uh, where isl meets i league dang, 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 dang. super cup but it's uh, looking like isl only uh, plus uh, arrows that's there in the tournament. Chirag, what exactly is happening? Is the super cup really super right now?
2: Nobody knows, man. <laughs> Nobody knows who's what's happening. So, okay, this is what we know. We're uh, and uh, situations are changing all of, all the time, right? So, this is 11:30 a.m. on Monday when we are recording this podcast, and as of now, uh. The I-League clubs have not confirmed that they're playing in the uh, Super Cup.
1: I-League apart uh, from Arrows.
2: I-League apart from Arrows. But Arrows is owned by, uh, uh, you know, uh, AIFF. So, that was a given. They, they are the only I-League club that, uh, or I-League team that uh, played in the qualifiers also. But the 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 jolt that we see, like, you know, the the gut bandhan that they have made or, or a club alliance uh, of uh, most of the I-League clubs... They have not confirmed that they are participating, although the twist in that uh, situation is that it seems according to AIFF, now uh, some uh, Mohan Bagan sources are disputing this, but according to AIFF, uh, everybody has registered a team other than Mohan Bagan, all the elite teams. I don't know if they are going to get an extension to register their squad or if AIF is going to come out and like say, okay, all the matter is resolved and you're getting what you want, so come and play and uh, then everybody shows up or nobody shows up or which East Bengal team shows up or uh, how many clubs show up uh, and uh, or, or whether we get second division teams getting invited to play in the Super Cup and then Star Sports pulls out, which is going to be another uh, nightmare scenario we we just don't know so far we just don't know uh, that's that's the breaking news of the day man uh, we don't know it's it's if, if there was a news channel covering indian <laughs> football right now there would be a, a cnn wala ticker breaking news we don't know shit so that's, that's what's happening so uh, just to preface uh, what what has been happening is that uh, some menava punjab gokulam kerala fc and aizawl FC did not play the qualifiers because uh, as we all know, as we have been talking endlessly in the show about that, they're going to kill the I League and make ISL the new top division, uh, and uh, all the most of the clubs of I League are going to be forcefully relegated to second tier, which the I League clubs obviously did not want. So uh, they were they wanted uh, an appointment with with. Uh, they wanted an appointment with uh, Praful Patel, who is the IFA president, uh, to discuss the future roadmap of Indian football and, uh, you know, to try to get a clarity over what their future is. And uh, at the same time, uh, praful Patel is busy with Lok Sabha elections. He's also trying to learn for the FIFA panel. So he was pracharing for everything. So he did not have time so uh, the qualifiers were boycotted three of the matches were cancelled only the Kerala last Indian Arrows match happened after that suddenly they realise oh shit this, they're, they're not bluffing they're actually going to uh, boycott <laughs> so then AIF gives the appointment and says after the Super Cup we will meet you on 14th 15th whatever date that they have given uh, of April so for now you come and play and right now we are in a in a pickle that the ILEA clubs are saying you have to give uh, Minerva Punjab, Aizol FC, and Gokulam Kerala FC a chance to play their qualifying matches because they sacrificed that so that we get the meeting. If we had a meeting, karega, toh, then there was no problem. The teams were there, they could have played. But deliberately, IFF delayed the decision so that these clubs get into this pickle that uh, because they boycotted, they're not getting a chance to play in the Super Cup. Which is, I don't know, man. It's, it's dirty play from AIFF. The I-League clubs are also playing dirty. Everybody's playing dirty. Well, is that,
1: do, you, do you see anything positive? So for me, it's a big statement made by the uh, revolting I-League clubs there. Uh, they've taken a stand and they've stood by it. And uh, we've not seen something like this for a very, very long time. We've seen uh, Twitter revolts. We've seen... Uh, uh, you know, statements made in in the in the media, but this is the first time we actually see a, a big thing happening in Indian football, where everything is you know made clear. Uh, they they've they've stood by what they said. They said uh, these are mm-hmm. our demands. It's not that we don't want to play. We wish to see something. Uh, we we want to see a a pathway a road roadmap for Indian football, which is something we've we've seen done by so many clubs in the past but uh, the maximum that they did was just withdrew out of the competition we're talking about Dampo, Salgaokar the big one clubs they've they've expressed this uh, their opinion uh, their concern about having that ladder up there having progress uh, to be seen by everybody but wasn't really taken up and this is the first time we've seen something happening Uh, it's a huge it's a big level boycott Uh, I, I think it'll it just gets the attention of everybody. Yeah. So that that's one thing that is achieved. So get
2: the attention of the media though. Everybody is covering uh, T20. Okay. Nobody nobody is giving a shit about Super Cup anyway. But yeah, it's getting the attention
1: of AIFF at least. Yeah, yeah, and and when when we talk about uh, a World Cup happening in the country, and these issues really highlight. You know, where people start searching about Indian football, and when this shows up, this crops up in the news. Uh, it's it's showing there's there's a reason for the clubs, the League clubs, the top division. It's still the top division. When there's a boycott put out put out by these clubs, it, it really you know uh, gets the right. Uh, it makes the right noises. If not uh, getting the right uh, the treatment that that was required, so there's no meeting happened mm-hmm. so far. There's no official announcement from the AF of that this is going to happen. Uh, there's there's no agenda put out that why is the meeting going to be held, and uh, there's no assurance given uh, that even if the club uh, even if these clubs are going to p- play again uh, since they decided to uh, you know, allow the walkover to be given, so. Mm. It, it, it's all in a in a mix right now, but uh, I think it will sort itself, uh, given the the huge statement that uh, the clubs have finally uh, come together and done. So great points put up, uh, but I don't know it, it's really considering uh, uh, it's feasible or not. Twenty team I League. Uh, or the top division is what has been uh, demanded or put forward as uh, one of the agenda points, but I don't I don't really see that happening. Uh, considering not really all clubs are doing financially that well, not really all clubs are, are, are having that uh, vision forward. We are talking about some clubs like uh, Shillong Lajong, who's already you know uh, uh, they've broken Shillong off. Le
2: Jong are out of the picture anyway.
1: So that, that, that's what you are talking about. You know, you allow the, the second yeah. division teams to come in there. The corporate entry was. Uh, always there for the I League, and that's how you know, we've mm. seen Bengaluru taking that path and see where they are right now in uh, four or five years right now. Uh, and mm. this this is I, I think uh, a right moment for the clubs to take a stand uh, with uh, India coming into the news again after after a couple of years. The World Cup is being hosted. Uh, the sub championship is retained by the women's team. So for me, it, okay. it's it, it's a good way to take it take your issues forward. Uh, uh, great job by uh, done by the clubs. It really you know took some courage to get this done.
2: Uh, yeah, true, true. Uh, but uh, you know one of the things uh, that has come out uh, of this katabandhan uh, uh, that chunavi uh, katabandhan or whatever. Uh,
1: yeah, can you uh, use another term, please, Chiranjit? It's you really know, getting <laughs> I don't into.
0: know. I,
2: <laughs> very annoying term. I know Gadbandar is a very annoying term and it's very appropriate. That's, that's the reason I'm using it. I, it's it just the whole affair just gets me very annoyed. But uh, one of the things that we saw come out of this, uh, the meetings that the uh, clubs had, ILEA clubs. Uh, was that they put out uh, a manifesto of sorts which uh, charted an uh, alternative roadmap for club football in India, which uh, which is the IFL that they're calling, which is the I-League and ISL merged with 20 clubs, uh, which is a bit of a, I mean, it's it's the it's the ideal thing, right? I mean, uh, there's there's two clubs getting relegated, two clubs getting promoted from second tier. Uh, there's 20 clubs, which uh, which is which is the appropriate size for a country like India. Uh, we, we need to have a league with uh, 20 clubs to uh, really make it a proper national grand league. Uh, but the whole thing just hinges on uh, the league generating 325 crore in uh, sponsorship revenue, which is. Uh, I just don't see it happening at the moment because uh, the whole it's it's gonna be it's gonna have like three three 380 matches right or, or two eighty I, I don't remember the exact game but uh, the the number of matches are gonna almost quadruple right if you're gonna telecast all of those in in the uh, quality that's equivalent of what the ISL gets then the Star Sports or whoever is uh, broadcasting it will have four times the money. Uh, or, or the budget that's required uh, for ISL. And uh, if 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 the expense is going up that much, I don't see the sponsorship revenue just jumping up to match it at this at this point. Because uh, right now, let's not forget that everybody is losing money. Star Sports is losing money. Reliance is losing money. Uh, Pat Jinville came out and said, of course, we are also losing money. Three of the ISL franchise owners have come out and said, dude we're, we're losing money like crazy so paisa kon bana losing yeah sablo, so, uh, I'm, I'm telling you who's going to make the uh, money you know it's the football agents who are making the money it's the uh, uh footballers are making a little yeah. bit of extra money thankfully think, the players
1: now? and coaches are, are being well paid
2: so <laughs> coaches ka to abhi abhi to nikale isl will become top division for indians will not become head coaches gaya the money udhari. but uh I think it's the it's the uh, venue providers, it's the event management groups which are working behind the scenes, uh, providing services uh, at the at the stadiums. Those are the ones who are actually making money. Everybody else is losing money. But here's the deal: uh, you have 20 clubs. If we are just looking at the i clubs that are there, or the uh, or the ISL teams that are there, some of them are not in a position where they're going to attract big sponsorships. Like Derry Dynamos, Pune city, North East United, maybe like they have they actually have a good base. But look at Minerva Punjab, look at Chennai city also also not that big of a base. Churchill Brothers really like uh, I think I think the last time they got they got a big crowd was when uh, you know I think uh, that was before I hit puberty or something. It was way long ago, man. I don't even remember. So it's some of the clubs will not get uh, that kind of attention from the sponsors. So the basic premise that you're going to get a 325 crore sponsorship uh, coming out of a league like this is not going to uh, work out at least for five, six years, Of uh, even, even if you're promoting it heavily. And uh, remember, the promotion budget will also go up because you're not promoting 10 teams, you're pro- uh, promoting 20 teams. You're going to need more channels because they will have to become concurrent games, right? So, which which even uh, which actually cuts the potential uh, viewer base to half, if you look at it. So the viewer base has to grow exponentially, and the sponsor interest also has to go exp- exponentially. And uh, that, that's the, that's the problem we have. That's the mathematical problem we have with football, isn't it? Because a T20 cricket match will have 300 or 400 ads in a match we, because uh, after every over after every wicket, every power play uh, break whatever there is they're going to show an ad in football there's only going to be 45 minutes of action then uh, 10 minutes of halftime then 45 minutes of uninterrupted action so you have an ad time of basically seven or eight minutes so even if you have uh, if isl or whatever ifl i league Forget the name. Whatever league if we uh, if we have it, if the league becomes as popular as IPL, even then we are making a fraction of the revenue from uh, sponsorship and ads, because you're literally showing a fraction of the number of ads that that a T20 match is showing. So that's a that's a shortcoming that is not going to be overcome ever. So in order to make IPL kind of money the I, I sell or i league has to be 10 times more popular than ipl and how is anybody going to do that how is anybody going to uh create a situation where uh, uh we have 50 big ad companies or, or 50 big brands are trying to uh invest 400 or 500 crore in a big indian league how uh it's just uh see the basic premise i love the idea of a 20-team league right now, I just don't see the practical uh, application of it. Especially when we have IMG Reliance or FSDL who have all the power to do whatever they want with uh, Indian football, and uh, they have decided already that they're going to make ISIL the next top division. At this point, no matter what all these clubs come up and say, uh, we're not going to see this happening Somebody needs to take a bold risk, which I just don't see FSDL doing. That's that's my takeaway. What what do you think?
1: Yeah, Challenger, what you uh, rightly put forward is. the advertising aspect, the revenue aspect, the the profit making aspect, we've not seen in five or six years of the ISL being there. You uh, know, t- franchises have started to make money. Uh, profits are put out. They're not uh,
2: making money to so, Still, so, they're they're still losing money. So that's, money. that's, that's the basically
1: the, the the idea. If there was a groundbreaking uh, uh, concept of marketing football like it has never been done before, and uh, it's blown out of proportion in in the print media. On social media, it's there, uh, everywhere. Uh, visibly, visuals of, of teams, visuals mm. of uh, players and uh, the brandings everywhere put up for for this uh, you know, gala event of football. Couldn't get you the money that you wanted to you know, from from the inception. You can't really mm. expect it to come a, a, at least another five, ten years uh, going with the same concept because that project. I I think it would have been brilliant had it started rolling in the money uh, at least down five years, starting to yeah. you know, get near break even. But it's not even close. So we are back to square one. Was ISL really you know uh, has it done what it was uh, evolved to do? Uh, break away from yeah, the I Indian? Look, yeah. So what I'm getting look to is you no. Know, in yeah. the end, in the end, we we're talking about investors' money, you know, getting the returns that they have. You know, put in it's not happened mm. so it's not it's, yeah. it, it's it's a groundbreaking idea that has probably failed us and you can't really you know have the practicality of 20 teams merged again where it was already there mm. 10 years back and it didn't get the promotion it didn't get the right revenue source didn't get the right roadmap. we we seen clubs mm. come up seen clubs failed fade away probably mm. disappear and the problem is still there football is not getting yeah. in the money that was that was expected to do but what yeah. is the next step you no know, we we probably get some sanctions from from afc uh, we might get affected in our member rankings we might uh, uh, yes we have the rights of uh, hosting two world cups in, in a short time but that really doesn't get you the credentials of business development via football in india so we we mm-hmm. really, really have a big question at our hand
2: True, uh, because even the under-17 boys World Cup that happened, uh, if that I mean, did did the uh, leagues get uh, substantially more popular after that? It didn't. So that's that's we we're still stuck in that same position. Uh, the ISL has come in and made football way more popular than it was before, simply because the I League was never marketed properly. ISL has come in with with a big marketing budget. They're making a splash. They're getting eyeballs, but not enough if if you're if, even if it, it's uh, it's a, the trp is like 10 times uh, larger than before if it's not getting you the money you need to for the teams to break even then there will be a point where you'll have to uh, you know uh, look at the franchise fee structure or whether that's actually feasible to uh, keep going forward. I mean, for the first time, we have three, four ISL team owners saying, look, we're just losing money. And uh, I think in, in a roundabout where they're questioning the validity of the 15 crore uh, franchise fee that they keep paying. Now, we don't know where that money is spent, but we can assume a lot of it uh, you know, pro- uh, pays for the marketing and uh, uh, that's that's what so so in a way that's that's necessary that that has paid for the uh, big launch that ISL has had and uh, and the uh, rapid uh, fan acquisition that, is, that it has had in the first 5 years but at this point does it still make sense to carry forward with it uh, especially because so many of these uh, id clubs are not being able to join in uh, you know because of this uh, Uh, I I just don't know uh, where where we are going from there. It's it's a difficult uh, question to answer. And what I hate most about it is that this this has nothing to do with football. It has everything to do with market economy.
1: Yeah, Chiranjit, I think you've hit it on the head where exactly the problem is. And the footballing nation wants to know. So that again brings (laughs) us to the point uh, that... uh, I I think it's a a great uh, way to ask a question to uh, the five or six year existence of ISL. Was it worth breaking away from the top tier uh, just to get the revenue back but uh, again uh, we will be in the hope uh, because it's, it's getting tighter at the sanctions end as well uh, no no country has been allowed to do this uh, to concurrent uh, major leagues going on uh, so probably we'll find a way a solution quicker than uh, than later and uh, that is where we will uh, we will end this show uh, great talking about uh, indian football uh, rising up uh, probably well, just, let's, uh, let's just
2: hope they rise up and play the super cup at least like i don't know i'm i'm i got my tickets booked i'm i'm going over to bhubaneshwar to watch matches i don't know whether the matches will happen or not like mazak chal raha
0: yeah
2: indeed. so we will we will come back uh, next monday with a show directly from bhubaneshwar uh, reporting the ground reality whether there is a match or not and that's the cliffhanger. Only yeah. in Indian football. You just don't know whether they will play or not.
1: Whether the whether <laughs> teams that were announced will be. be playing or no. Will be will they be showing yeah. no? or no? Oh,
2: Who oh, 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 will show up? Who will show up? Who's going to come?
1: Yes. <laughs> and what is this AFF Super Cup for? What will you getting? Yeah, that is the question so then, uh, we will end the show on. And uh, we will come back to you next week. Till then, if you're listening to us on YouTube, do not forget to like, share, Subscribe. TFG Podcast is one of the many podcasts that IVM produces. Uh, Do check their Android and iOS app that's available and uh, if you're listening to us on uh, any of your favorite podcasting platforms do give us a follow. TFG Football is on Twitter Uh, do follow us and uh, do download IVM Podcast app come back to us next week till then have a great week ahead. Bye
2: Advertising is dead Yep, you heard me right Advertising is dead We're all in the content business now Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc, etc It's all content And we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase Where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades Has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now But rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content And the whole goddamn circus surrounding it Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead.
1: How aware do you think you are of your laws and rights? Do you look up to laws when you are caught up in situations? Do you know what your rights are when you're stuck somewhere bad? Well, here's a show that can help you move an inch closer to being aware of what your rights are, Tune in to Know Your Kanun with me, Ammar Rana. This is a podcast meant to answer all your law-related queries. Catch Know Your Kanun every week on the IVM website or the app or anywhere you get your podcast from.